Jeffrey Wirtkin's arrest in early February was a stunner. The former Justice Department attorney was accused of trying to sell a confidential lawsuit filed by a whistleblower to the company being targeted. He was arrested in a Silicon Valley hotel lobby where he was using a false name, wearing a wig, and carrying a seal, allegedly carrying a sealed complaint that he was planning to sell for $310,000. A new Bloomberg News story says FBI agents are now asking questions at the Justice Department trying to determine how Wirtkin got the complaint and whether he sold other secrets while working at the department's Medicare fraud unit. Wirtkin has yet to enter a plea and his lawyer has declined to comment. With us to talk about the case, David Stone, senior managing partner of the law firm Stone and Man... I, I'm going to mess this up, David. <laughs> Man, Manganini. And Nola J. Hitchcock Cross, managing attorney at the Cross Law Firm. I'm having less trouble pronouncing that. Uh, welcome to you both. David, uh, let's start with you. Uh, tell us why this complaint that uh, Wirtkin is accused of trying to sell was under seal in the first place. Well, um the False Claims Act, which is a federal statute, provides that private individuals who blow the whistle on fraud against the government can bring cases on behalf of the government, but those cases must be filed under seal in order to give the government the opportunity to investigate the case and determine whether they want to proceed with the case or not. And the statute requires that the case be kept under seal for at least 60 days, although it can be extended for good cause and often is extended for good cause. So, Nola, there's a lot of there's secrecy surrounding the Justice Department lawyers investigating the whistleblower claims. Where could he have gotten the information besides from another colleague? Well, let me first say uh, there's a couple of other reasons for the seal and why it's very important, and particularly also why it's important to relators. Um, because when the relators file the complaint, um, oftentimes they no, are... Nola, just be clear, the relators are the people who the, the whistleblowers, right? Sometimes called whistleblowers. Under the statute, they're called relators. Yes, those are the whistleblowers. And, and very frequently, the whistleblowers are current employees. So a very important reason for the seal process under the statute, which is highly unusual in any uh, federal law, is, is to protect the identity of the whistleblowers themselves or the relators. Exactly. And, and another reason, which is extremely important to the government, is um, that because of the first-to-file rule, um, when a whistleblower is filing such a complaint, they have no knowledge whether 20 other people have already filed, and in fact, they will not be entitled to any um, share in any recovery. And yet, they, because of the seal process, they provide all of their information to the government, giving the government an opportunity to get multiple um, whistleblowers to provide information. So, um, David- as to the access to the complaint, um, the um, he was not a, a Department of Justice employee at the time of the alleged act. Um, he was until, I believe, April of 2016. Um, and there have been some reports that, um, you know, speculations that he may have taken um, other um, complaints that uh, he was working on. Um, one question for the Department of Justice, though, would be whether there's a fire, firewall and um, what access there would be generally to to all of them that are filed. D David, how did let's talk about the Jeffrey working case in particular. How how did he come to the attention of 
uh, at the FBI in the first place. So what, what happened in this case is that uh, Jeffrey Wirtgen, who was formerly a member of the Department of Justice and worked on these cases and therefore had access to these cases, but had left the department and was now a partner in a, in a well-known law firm, um, private law firm, contacted an individual at one of the defendants uh, that was a defendant under this False Claims Act case that was under seal and offered to give them information about the case, give them a copy of the sealed complaint, which they wouldn't otherwise have access to. And that individual apparently contacted the FBI, and the FBI carried out a sting operation. So, Nola, they're going to have to be reviewing his cases, and how will that affect his cases and the other cases in the office? Well, like I, I, I indicated, they, there may need to be a review beyond what cases were assigned uh, to him, depending upon what firewall may have been in place and what access um, any investigative um, attorney in the Department of Justice would have had. Um, he, you know, he may have had access to a, a larger panoply. But I, I do want to emphasize, though, in going over this, that this is such an aberration and so shocking to everyone because of the exceedingly high level of professionalism that we experience as Relator Council, Whistleblower Council, um, with the Department of Justice. D- David, do you, do you agree with that? Have you seen anything like this before? I've never seen anything like this before, and there was, you know, well, I have disagreements about certain things. I mean, Jeffrey Wirtgen was the key DOJ lawyer on a number of cases I was involved in where the government did not intervene, and I didn't agree with those decisions. I never agree with those decisions. Um, but, you know, I did hear from other people that, you know, he was a very aggressive advocate for other cases. So it certainly came as a complete surprise that this happened. And I would say this is an aberration. But what I would say about this case is that he left with at least one, apparently, one seal complaint, which clearly is not legal. And the fact that he had at least one sealed complaint suggests that maybe he had more than one. He is assigned as the key point person on a number of these false claims cases a year. And he also potentially has access to other False Claims Act complaints that are under seal because, because as Nola mentioned, he has to determine whether there's a first-to-file issue that he has to tell lawyers about. So he had access not only to his own complaints, but presumably to other ones. And certainly in terms of decisions where the government did not intervene in cases that he was involved in, if there's any inkling that he was doing this while he was at DOJ, I think it's really important that those cases be, you know, reexamined to determine that those intervention decisions were made properly and that those relators were treated properly. I want to thank our guest, David Stone of Stone and Manganini and Nola J. Hitchcock. Hitchcock Cross of the Cross Law Firm talking about the case of Jeffrey Wirtkin.